Yes, people. What? What? You know what time it is. It is day two. Day two of the 65th BFI London Film Festival. That's right, people. And uh, today we got two films. Two films on day two. Um, I will relate. A a stupid, <laughs> a ridiculous thing I did for the first film, but uh, yeah, two very contrasting uh, things here, people. So sit back and let's get into it. Yeah, it's a it's a fun one, people. Trust me. Okay, people, so um, I'm a bit of a dickhead. You know what I mean? Let's get it out there. I Sometimes I, I have no clue what I'm thinking, right? I I avoid trailers. You know, I, I find the synopsises often a terrible. So I like to go in fresh. Fresh! You know what I mean? Because... I, I, I've said this before, I remember the experience when I first saw uh, Gladiator and The Matrix, right? I'd heard about Gladiator just in the, you know, the context of they're making a film set in gladiatorial times. That was it. But story wise, I had no clue what the fuck was going down. I didn't know who was going to be in it, directing it, nothing. And Matrix... I hadn't even heard about it, right? There were periods of time where I was just working 24-7. I mean, it was insane. So, you know, and the, just sitting in that cinema and when it came on the screen, be like, yo, oh my God, this is incredible. So I, I always try and recapture that experience. And I, yeah, that's happened. I remember when I first saw Kick-Ass, had no clue. Had no clue. You know, someone was just like, yo, we want to come to cinema? I was like, yeah, all right. Had a shit day. And then when I saw it, it was just like, yeah. You know what I mean? So that's great. Can bite you in the ass, though. Bite you in the ass. Now, with the press screenings, right? You turn up central London early ass in the morning, right? And uh, Man, with buses and trains and everything, everything is just running slow. So that mask got there. Not late. I was on time, but the the time I got there, you know, I was still, I don't know, like half an hour early before the doors opened. Queue was insane. Queue was insane. Um, and when you see the queue, at first you think, I ain't getting it. But then you remember the size of these cinemas and you're like, I am getting it. Uh, so, um, yeah. Screen, the queue's huge, and I'm standing in the queue. You know, I have my, I have my, my headphones on, listen to shit, and um, then I heard the people behind me, because also showing was a cop show, right? And they, were, and it was funny because, oh, we were in the queue for Spencer, obviously. I mean, you can see the, see the thing, right? No, that'd be thing, thing, yeah. So. Sponsor. Um, 
So yeah, you know, we're in the queue for that. But also showing at this time in the morning at silly o'clock was cop show. And the people behind me were just like, ah, oh, it, it sounds like something Seth Rogan's gonna be in or blah blah blah. But I got an email about it. Um, because uh the people's down at Stripe Media are promoting it, and um it's an Icelandic film. Right and and yeah, you wouldn't know from the title, right? It's not feud, feud and coppen, or, or something like. I, I mean, that's not Flemish. I, I guess you know you probably thought it was, but no, people that wasn't just made that shit up. But yeah, so I knew it was an Icelandic film, and so it was just they were really good names of ah, uh, maybe it's Matthew Vaughn, not Matthew Vaughn, the other Vaughn, you know, Vince Vaughn, Vince Vaughn. Right, and the different names, and I was like, No, nah, actually, you know what? It's her. And so we started to talk, we got talking, real nice uh, couple of people. Um, oh gosh, was it? I think it was Eleanor, and um, who worked for a, a, a what was it, a fashion magazine? And then, oh my days, my memory is shit sometimes. I'm gonna say Chris, who worked in production. I think I got his name wrong. Apologies, my man. But yo, so then they're just like, oh, so um, are you are you here for Spencer? I'm like, yeah, 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 I'm here for Spencer. And they're like, oh, do you know about it? I'm like, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to this one, man. I'm looking forward to this one. And so they're just like, and and I'm like, but I haven't watched haven't watched the trailer or the thing. And they're just like, oh no. So the trailer, you've just got Kirsten Stewart like humming it up a bit. I'm like, oh, okay, okay. I'm thinking, oh, man, interesting. I wonder how this is going to go, right? Now, in my head, this was a thriller. <laughs> I was all geared to see some spy thriller film. That's, oh, I, I, I must have had it mixed up with something else, but um, that's what I thought. I thought I was seeing a thriller a spy espionage film, not a film about Diana, Prince of Wales, a.k.a. Diana Spencer. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, oh my gosh, people. The, when I found out, <laughs> the, film, the film had started is when I found out, but, you know, <laughs> let me uh, let me get into this before um, I, I I break that. So it is directed by Pablo Laran. Um, it's written by Stephen Knight, and you know Stephen Wright. He's worked on some good shit. I mean, I I I've I've enjoyed. Um, a lot of the stuff Stephen Knight has done, you know, um, probably more of the older stuff, like Eastern Promise was great. I mean, I've enjoyed Dirty Pretty Things, Amazing Grace, you know, Loke, that was very good. But yeah, Eastern Promise was the, whew, that was a kick-ass motherfucker, right? Um, so, you know. Hey, that name attached, you think, yo, I mean, I didn't know going in, <laughs> obviously. Uh, so it is produced by Jean Di Dios 
Laran. So I'm assuming that's a relative of Pablo's. You know, we got Jonas Dombach, Paul Webster. Uh, Pablo is also um, producing, along with uh, Jenny Jakowski and Marain Aid. Um, so then, uh, people, we have. Oh, hold on. My information is a bit skewed. So, music is Johnny Greenwood. It's edited by Sebastian Sepulveda. Cinematography is Claire Mayfawn. And, uh, oh, it's got a, a good cast. It's got a good cast. We've got Tristan Stewart as Diana Prince of Wales, a.k.a. Spencer. We've got um, Jack Farthing as Charles, Prince of Wales. We have got um, Jack Nealon as Prince William. Freddie Spree as Prince Harry. Uh, Stella Gonnet as Queen Elizabeth II. Richard Samuel as Prince Philip, Duke of Edinburgh. Olga Helsing as Sarah, Duchess of York. Um, Thomas Douglas as John Spencer. And Matthias Rolkowski as Prince Edward. Uh, Orania Gordon as Lady Sarah Armstrong Jones. Uh, then we have. Um, Timothy Spall. Timothy Spall has lost a lot of weight. You know? Yeah. He plays Equerry Major Alistair Gregory. Um, has a great line. Has a great line in this. Um, Sean Harris is Darren McGrady. He's the royal head chef. Sally Hawkins is Maggie, the royal dresser. Because, you know, they are people that help them get dressed. It's kind of crazy, man. Right? Imagine that shit. Someone lays out your clothes, helps you get dressed. It's crazy. So we also have Amy Mason as Anne Boleyn. Yeah, that's right. You heard me right, people. Anne Boleyn. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, also Nicholas Court as Prince Andrew, Duke of York, and Elizabeth Barrington as Anne Prince Royal. All right, so the gist of the film is this. The marriage of Princess Diana and Prince Charles has long since grown cold. Through, so though rumours of affairs... And a divorce abound. Peace is ordained. Um, oh, where am I? Peace is ordained for the Christmas festivities at the Queen's Sandingham estate. There's eating and drinking, shooting and hunting. Diane knows the game. 
But this year, things will be profoundly different. Spencer is an um, imagining of what might have happened during those few fateful days. So, uh, yes, that's it, people. You know what I mean? It, it, it's not um, a literal, this took place. It's a, uh, this could have happened. We think this may have happened, you know, which always a little bit dubious. You know what I mean? Always a little bit dubious. But yeah, so here's the is rub, right? So I'm in, I'm sitting there waiting for this espionage film to start. And so it starts and we see snow. See snow. Then we see like this big house and army. Right, and we had the, the package is on its way. Bring it in. Right? And you're like, oh, okay, okay. And then we just see these army people bring these big cases into this room. And it's like, oh, all right. Well, you know, oh, are these dirty bombs? Right? Is, is someone going to break in, steal them? What's going to happen? What's going to happen? So we have this. Then. You you see a a lot of chefs, All right? Huh? So what what what's what's going on here? And there's a lot of chefs, right? And they walk into the room and they standing in front of these things. I'm thinking, I don't know. Is this some new army initiative? Right? Like, oh, what's happening? They open up. It's food. <laughs> there's there's food. In this thing, we see this woman driving a car, driving a car and being just being like, oh, where am I? Oh, I don't know. And the wind's blowing. It's a drop top. And she's like, oh, I'm lost. Oh, what's happening? And uh, I think, oh, a bit scatty, right? Uh, and, and so we're cutting in between the army, the chefs, and this happened, right? Then we have her pull up to her services and she walks in to try and get directions. And um, this is the point, right? There's people like, oh look, oh look who it is! Oh there she is! It's her! It's her! It's Diana! All right. And as soon as I heard Diana, the penny drop. I'm like Diana Spencer. Oh, because I remember hearing they were making up something about her, but I think I may have thought it was a TV series. I don't even know, right? But I hadn't figured out that what I was going to be watching was about her. So, yeah, it, it's just like, oh, it's a film about Diana. Okay. And so we see her, you know, the, the, we see her bump into the head chef. Like, he's driving out. He sees her. And, he, you know, they're like, uh, what are you doing? You know? Now, he's kind of interesting the way people were talking with her, like, all super friendly, like, confidants, like, certain people up in the piece, right, which I guess that was done to show she was the favoured, right, because I think that's the perception, right, she was all loved, I remember at the time, people, what did they call her? The Prince of Roses, Prince of Hearts. Something ridiculous and stupid, you know? Right? Because I think it's, it's, it's funny. Right? It's, it act like, oh, yeah, she wasn't 
royal. Like, it's like Middleton and um, Merkel. They're all from good background. It's not like they're just scallywags off the street. You know what I'm saying? Like, these, these ladies weren't, you know, just nothings. Nobodies. They were from a certain background. So even though you might go, oh, they weren't from that tier. They're still from high up. <laughs> still from fucking high up. They're in the clouds. Feel me? Um, but yeah, so, right, you know, we're seeing all of this. And, and, and you know, she gets, she finally gets to Sandington. And um, that's when she bumps into Timothy Spool's character. Right, which is um ah, uh, who's great, Equerry Major Alistair Gregory, and um, yeah, you know, there's these weird traditions which I and maybe if you're um, what do you think, a royal file? I think that's the term. If you're a royal file, if you love the royal family, you follow that shit. Probably you know this stuff, but supposedly they at Christmas time, right, go to Sandingham. And you get weighed. You get weighed. And the thing is, you're meant to put on free stone, right, by the end of Christmas. Because that then signifies how your enjoyment of the holidays, right? Now, I don't know what that's about, right? Because it's not like those figures get put out there. You know, if everyone's like, a, you know, on the 22nd of December or whenever they arrive, be like, um, okay, so uh, this is Gavin Scott from the news. And I just want to let everybody know the Queen weighed in at 125 pounds. That's right, people, 125 pounds. She's coming in a little bit lighter than this time last year. We'll see what happens. Prince Charles, he popped this girl at 170. You know, like, we're not getting that. And then after Christmas, or, you know, the 1st of January, we're like, so, uh, oh, we're back, people, and the figures are now in. Oh, Queen Elizabeth, she left weighing 130 pounds. Oh, she put on five pounds. Oh, she definitely had a good time. Charles, 200 pounds. Oh, Charles. Whew. I, I think he indulged for sure. Oh, splendid. Well, that's put the country on good footing, hasn't it? Because we know that our royal family enjoyed themselves over Christmas. Oh, splendid people. Oh, you know, I know half of you went hungry, but you must feel very fulfilled knowing the royal family stuffed their faces like little piggy pig pig cakes. You know, it's ridiculous. But there's Easter tradition. Supposedly, uh, King George put this in place. Right. But so there's all of these things which I mean. At the beginning, she went with, but now it's just like, oh, I just want to wanna get through this. I just want to get through this. So it's, it's an 
interesting film because it is very skewed. <laughs> it is very skewed, right? It, it's keeping with the narrative that she was the victim. She was the heroine of the piece. Now, listen, don't get me wrong. No one really knows what the fuck went down, right? No one really knows what the fuck went down. Because I, I kind of feel going into this, right? You know what you're getting in. You you know it's going to be crazy, right? You can't marry into a royal family and think, oh, this was every day, right? Just my normal norm. I'll go to yoga in the morning. I'll pop down to Sainsbury's to have a little look around, see what's in the bakery. If I'm feeling really naughty, I'll go to M&S. <laughs> right? You ain't doing that. You know you have an idea, right? You have an idea, especially people. We have a thing called the internet. So, you know, uh, especially now, right? Anyone now, Middleton, Merkel, they, 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 they can look. They would have Googled. They'd have seen the documentaries, the, 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 you know, just the news, just all of these things, letting them know. So, but even with Diana, she'd have an understanding. So, do I think she was a heroine? She was a victim? Eh, not really. I think it was probably probably not the best situation, for sure. Right? You could tell neither party was really thrilled with it. I think maybe, you know, it was just a bit like, this might be a good idea. Okay, let's see how it goes. And it just didn't go. Right? Not everyone's compatible. Like when you look at the rate of divorce, you could see that clearly. So, but that's the thing, right? And um, yeah. So it's uh, yeah, it's very skewered. It's very skewered in in that respect. Your know, little quippy remarks from certain people, like the Queen, seems very cold. There's a one point at dinner, and there's this staring kind of contest between her, um, Diana, and Charles. Right. Uh, so there is that. But what I really liked was the score. So it's it's a kind of a classical score, but it's ramped up. It's like a fever dream. It's very frantic. You know, it's uncomfortable. It's not, it's not great, right? So, you know, it's not like, oh, this is not, I love that tune. Oh, you can tap your foot to it. No, 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 no. Uh, this, is, this is a little bit different, right? So, um, have that. And, uh, yeah, so I thought that, that was very good. And, like, as I mentioned earlier, you we have her seeing Anne Boleyn, right? And so there's that analogy made between her and Anne Boleyn. Anne Boleyn, Charles, um, Henry killed her. You know, Charles you know, got rid of Diana. You know, it is that kind of, this is what we're saying. This is what we're saying. The script, script, there's a lot of things in the script which are a little on the nose. Like, at one point, she's like... Are they, do you think they're going to kill me? You know, which is like, oh, come on, man. What? Really? That's what we're doing? But as I said, look, Dimitri Paul's character had a great line. Because she, you know, he's, um, 
know, he's been like, oh, I, I saw you doing this. And she's like, oh, what? what? What's your job here? What are you doing? Like, oh, so you're watching me? You're watching me? Because supposedly she's getting changed in front of her windows, but not drawing the curtains. Which, I mean, come on. Like, I think if anyone's like, like oh, you might want to shut your curtains, people peeping in, like, I mean, that, that, that's not the craziest thing someone has ever said to someone, you know? But she's just like, oh, why are you watching me? Why are you watching me? And he's like, um, I'm watching so others don't see. I was like, ooh, it's a great line. That's a great line. Right? But, uh, yeah, there's, there's a lot of craziness. You know, I don't... <sighs> We don't really get a lot of character development on anyone, you know. Even with Diana, you don't really like everything is presumed, right? You you assume, oh, right, she's probably like this because of, you know. We know it's been ten years, right? Um, but the, the, but there's never. You know, she she mumbles a few things at times, but there's never really the, oh, you know, this is the thing, bum, bum, bum. Even just talking to herself, right? Or the supposed Anne Boleyn. Now, we do have a hallucinating. It does show the bulimia, but I think that's really it when you're kind of putting things on Diana. Now, they do reference the affairs a little, they don't come out. And the weird thing was, they're in their own house. So I do feel the conversations might have been a bit more open. Right now, not saying they're going to be like, oi, mate, over here. No, it's definitely going to be more formal. But I think, you know, I think certain things might have been said. And especially, look, we know Prince Philip. The crazy shit that motherfucker would say out in public. What the fuck is he saying behind closed doors right so they reference the affairs somewhat which i thought okay well at least they're doing that but uh yeah i don't know i mean royal fans and diana fans especially will definitely like this i think if you watch the crown if you watch Downton Abbey, you know, if you're down with those sort of things, you're going to dig this for sure. Me, I was just a bit like, meh, hum hum, you know, didn't blow me away. Um, the, the performances were okay, but Case Stew, which I think is ridiculous, Kirsten Stewart, you know, she, she's all right. But again, I just thought it was very... It's all a little surface level. There didn't really seem that much depth because it was just kind of looking rapidly into the distance a lot and be like, oh, um, hmm, uh, uh, hmm, ooh, uh. <laughs> you know? And we're like, eh. But hey, as I said, if you are a fan, of the crown, right? It's been going on forever. If you watch all them Downton Abbeys, and that was a long ass series, right? If you're a fan of all of those things, um, yeah, I think you'll dig this, okay? So, 
Uh, now, you may have missed the, you know, the opening night, right? But never fear, because it is showing tomorrow, Friday the 8th of October. It's at midday, though, people. It's at quarter to three, 2.45. It will be again at the Royal Festival Hall. So if you want to experience cinema in a fancy-ass venue like that, Boom, that might be your opportunity. If you can only do weekends, it is showing that it's playing on the 17th of October, so the last day of the festival. Again, it's quarter to three, 2.45, at the Curzon in Soho. Right now, it's showing that one is sold out. But as mentioned before, people, if you check on the day, there's oftentimes people will return their tickets. Maybe they're real, right? Maybe something else has come up. Babysitter's fallen through. Who knows? Who knows? But it's always, always worth checking. So, people, there you go. Um, And it's about Diana, Prince of Wales. It is not a spy espionage thriller. Be warned. <laughs> Okay, people, so that's not it. That's not it. Don't worry. We've got one more film today, people. So sit back and let's get that one popping off right now. Okay, people, so today, well, it was a two-dayer. It was a two-day. Yeah, I mean, that's an issue. I'm <laughs> watching films and working. Ah, it was a two-filmer today, right? So, second film on the docket was Bergman's Island. Yes. It was uh, intriguing. Intriguing. So, I just got a glimpse of this the other day. I forget how, but I got a glimpse, and I was like, huh, you know what? That, 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 that. I don't know. There seemed to be this charm to it. So I was like, you know what, I'm going to check it out, right? So it is written and directed by Mia Hansen-Love. Um, it is produced by Charles Gilbert, Eric Hemadoff, Rodrigo Texera, and Lisa Whedon. Cinematography is Denis Lenu. It's edited by Marion Monu. Um, and uh, the cast, cast was good, man. So we have our 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 leading protagonist, uh, Chris, who's played by Vicky Cripps, and her husband Tony is played by Tim Roth. Okay, so uh, we then have Amy, who's played by Mia Wachowska. And Joseph, who's played by Anders Danielson Lee. Um, we've got Hampus, who's played by Hampus Norderson. Have Az, who's played by Arik Larson. We've got Hedda, who's played by Creston Brunberg. Uh, Barrett, who's played by Melinda... Kinnaman, uh, Stig, who's played by Stig Bjorkman, 
Jonas. He's played by Joe Spear. Um, his wife, soon to be wife, anyway. Well, no, they do become wife. Uh, who's played by um Nicolette, who's played by Clara Strauch, and the Super Eight Man, who's played by Matthew Lesmer. So the projectionist, essentially. Okay. Right, so the gist of this one, people. We follow a couple of American filmmakers, Chris and Tony, who retreat to the mythical Faroe Island for the summer. Right In this wild, breathtaking landscape where Bergman lived and shot his most celebrated pieces, they hope to find inspiration for their upcoming films. As days spent separately pass by, the fascination for the island operates on Chris and souvenirs. It operates on Chris and souvenirs of her first love resurface. Lines between reality and fiction will then progressively blur and tear our couple even more apart which i don't know if that's necessarily true you know what i mean um but we do see some interesting things here so one one thing i really liked right so the film the opening credits of the film they appear on the screen like they're being typed, right? And, you know, it's a film about two filmmakers, two writers. You know? And so, yeah, I, I thought that was a nice little touch that the credits appeared, you know, like they're, they're being typed. So that was nice. So we open up, they're on a plane. Chris is very anxious about flying. And then they're on a boat and then they're driving, right? And it's... It's interesting seeing the dynamic between the two, right? It It's not that relationship where, you know, when she's worried, he's like, hey, don't worry, you'll be fine. He'll be like, hey, huh, don't worry, you're not going to die. Or her planes just hardly ever crash. It, it's like, it's not saying the, you know, just the, 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 the plat, you know, Hey baby, it's cool. Don't worry. Don't worry. I'm here for you. He is it's more of a real realistic kind of reaction if you're not worried that your partner is gonna fly off the hook or go crazy or anything like that. You know, there seemed an honesty in a lot of the things that were said between the two. But then you have these other moments, right? Where Chris realizes she forgot her sunglasses and Tony gives him her give gives her his yes that, that's the right way of saying it so we're seeing this relationship and um you know so they've gone to this place to you know Tony is showing his film and he's got some talks scheduled but it's also to write right, to, to kind of finish off projects, have inspiration, 
just all of this kind of thing. And it's interesting because Chris straightway, they get there and it's just picturesque. You know, there's a windmill, there's several houses, you know, there's a cinema, a mini little screening room that he had there. Right. So there's all of this stuff. And she's just like, I don't know if I can write here. Right. This is too perfect. It's too, you know, nice. I, I, I think that I'm going to struggle to find inspiration because all I'm thinking about is how Bergman created some of his great work here. And that's daunting, essentially. Right? And he's just like, hey, nah, it'll be fine. Just, you can write. Right? And, and it's funny, again, right? He... When she's struggling, he's not like, oh, you're great. You're pretty. He's just like, eh, I mean, you'll figure it out. She's just like, oh, you should tell me more. He's just like, listen, you're not a kid. You've written a lot. So you know how you do, you, you know you can do it. And I love your stuff, right? So you know I love your stuff. So, hey. And she's just like, but I need help. I need... He's just like, listen, just do something else. You know? It's more of that kind of tough love approach, but not necessarily being a complete dick. You know what I mean? But, it, it, yeah, as I said, there's this honesty between the two, which is very refreshing and it's very nice. Right? You're, you're seeing these two just interact. And it's, it's nice, right? He wants to go on a... a a Bergman safari she's not really interested so she goes and does her own thing right and it's like uh, interesting to see these two experiences side by side right what they take away from them which does kind of bite her in the ass later on in the film Right, nothing too crazy, but it, it, it's a kind of amusing something that happens later on. He, he's just like Bergman Safari, and she's like, oh. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so we're seeing all of this. These simple, it, it's it's funny because it's not it's it's not a fast paced film. Right, and you might think ah, not not much is happening, but it's just this slice of life that's very compelling. There's a charm to it all, right? It, it kind of sucks you in without you realizing it, which is nice. And the scores in like it. I, did, I was going to say it's hit and miss, but it's not necessarily hit and miss because for the most part, I enjoyed it. But there's one piece of music at one point, I, and I forget the actual scene, but I just like, oh, that doesn't really work for me. But everything else really liked. And there's this through piece of music that we hear oftentimes throughout the film. It was very string heavy, but it builds in this really nice way. And then the transitions and everything, it just, it's a really nice piece of, like it, it plays at one point where she's riding a bike and it, yeah, just really like that piece. So yes, I wouldn't say the music was hit and miss. Um, just one piece that I didn't like, but the rest of it, 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 it works. It works. I enjoyed it. Right. And uh, so we have all of this. 
right? But as the yeah the film goes on, she finally finds some inspiration, right? And she finds it partly due to her not going on the safari, right? So she she does her thing, and yeah, I think that she got some inspiration from that. Oh, I will say, right, some of the, the odd little things that we do see, though, right, when she she meets um, this uh, film student, and he's like, oh, so, you, yeah, I really enjoyed your films, uh, so who are you here with? She's like, I'm here with my friend, and it's just like, hmm, in that's interesting, right, here with your friend? Now, there's nothing untoward happening, but it was very interesting in how she introduced. But then throughout the rest of the film, we do see them together and enjoying each other's company, right? So it this, this couple feels like a, a pair of well-worn gloves. You're comfortable. There's no frills. You know what I mean? No pizzazz, but they're very comfortable in each other's space. You know, you know what I mean? But yeah, what was very interesting though, we see as she gets this inspiration, we now have a film within a film, right? Because she's telling uh, Tony about it, and then we start to see it, and it plays out. That's the Amy and the Joseph characters, so we see the this interaction, and it's interesting the way they talk about the relationship. They talk about love, right? Because on one hand, as I said, look, we have Tony and Chris, like our well-worn clubs. That's one relationship, and now we're seeing this different type of relationship, and. It's very interesting, right? And even with the confines of this different relationship, just some of the things that are said, right? Because they're talking about infidelity. You know, Joseph's like, um, eh, you know, I, I've done this before. Yeah, I've done this several times, right? But then later on, it's just like, oh, I feel, I feel guilty. Oh, you, you cope with this better than me, but I. I, I, you know, I, I feel bad about it. And it's like, eh, do you know? Do you know? But you admitted to having multiple affairs earlier. So what's the deal, son? But yeah, well, it, it, it's, yeah, as I said, it's interesting. Like, and then other interactions, like going to this wedding when she's pondering about the dress she's wearing. And you're just like, yo, are you insane? Like, what's wrong with you? What are you doing? You don't need to ask that question. And I mean, one of the things she says, right, is she's talking to the bride about the dress. And, um, and the bride's like, uh, yeah, she's like, oh, will it be okay to wear this dress? And, you know, she's like, oh, it's white, but it's not white. It's not white. And she's, uh, what did she say? She said something along the lines of, um, well, I think to the um, unnuanced eye, you may perceive it as being white. <laughs> so it's just like, you just called the bride a dum-dum. <laughs> and and, and yeah, there's a lot of these amusing little quips and exchanges, which, yeah, just really bring the charm out of this film. 
You know, so I really did enjoy it. You know, other like talking about Bergman, and we find out about Bergman's past, and it's this critique on how much do you really want to know about someone you look up to, admire, you know, respect their work. And then once you know things that mm, maybe not be your cup of tea, does that alter your perception of the artist? Right. So there's these interesting points that come up in this film that really do speak to human nature. Right. And I think that's one of the strengths of this. This is that's part of the charm of the piece, because, yeah, you, you have all of this stuff and it's just like, well, that's so true. That's oh, that's nice. That. And, we, and yeah, we get to see these situations. So, um, yeah, I, I yeah, I really did enjoy Bergman Island, people. I, I would definitely recommend you uh, checking it out. And, right, so you may have missed today's showing, which was at the Curzon Mayfair, which is a very nice cinema. But it is showing tomorrow, Friday the 8th, at quarter past 11 a.m., uh, that one will be at the BFI South Bank NFT one. Looks like there are still tickets available, people. And then it is showing the last Saturday, the 16th of October, again at the BFI South Bank, this time NFT two. And it's at 820, don't worry, PM, right? 20 to 9. Now, like with Spencer, this one is showing that it is sold out. But again, people, um, yeah, just check because, you know, they, they, there's oftentimes, um, you know, returns. So you never know. You never know. But it is, it's a charming little film. Uh, oh, actually, I do believe it is being, I think it's hitting cinemas. Um, I, I thought I saw the release date. Now, uh, that's, I did think I saw. Uh, no, no, no actual release date, I do believe. But it is being distributed by Mubi, right? So I think possibly that means it's an online thing. Uh, it's going to be an online thing, but uh, yeah, I'd say keep an eye on this one because yeah, it, it, it's got a charm to it, right? It's got a charm, and as I said, a little nice little nuanced look at these different types of relationships. So yeah, check it out, people. Hope you enjoy it, Bergman Island. Oh, and I will say, very good performances from everyone involved, right? They they bring this little. Yeah, the, 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 this uniqueness to the characters is very good. Lovely cinematography. Huh. I enjoyed it, people. Bergman Island. Okay, people. So, that's it. That's it for another day. It was fun. It was it was definitely fun. Also, yeah, 
found out they got a little hub for us to work in in between films, which is a hey, nice little touch, people. It's all good. Um, unfortunately, the coffee is not free. I did think it was free at first, and then it was like, oh, it's not free. Okay, all right, fine, fine. But um, yeah. Now, remember, go uh, to the episode information because, you know, all the links, the trailers are there, the, the BFI website links are there, so you can instantly go to the right page to book your tickets. And remember, people, go book those tickets ASAP before everything sells out. And if it is sold out, don't lose complete hope because there still could be availability on the day. So always double check. And if you haven't already, follow the BFI on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, because there's a whole heap of content coming, talks, and other experiences, and you don't want to miss that, people. So until tomorrow, day three, peace. 